From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go on a Monday. Big week coming up. We got NBA Finals game number five tonight. We got the Stanley Cup Finals going on in the middle of the week. We've got the U.S. Open in golf and all the controversy around the golf world right now. Damon is with us here in the Finley Toyota Studios. Willie is the company today. Let's do it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. So top stories at three o'clock. Uh, this is also, I mentioned all the cool things going on this week. This is also, Willie, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame week. So we'll be out there for the induction ceremony, at least previewing it from three to six. There is the DLC Arena in Henderson, brand new arena. That is actually going to be the home, permanent home of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, which uh, is very cool. Going into the Hall of Fame will be Amy Purdy, who we talked to last week. Awesome story. I can't wait to see that speech. Larry Brown, former Clark County commissioner and professional baseball player. Gondo, Glenn Gondrzik, is going in. DeMarco Murray, Bishop Gorman, Cowboys, Titans. He's going in. Man, he seems young, doesn't he? But, you know, retired kind of right around 30 years old. He's going in. Ryan Ludwig is going in. It's a star-studded cast of folks who are going in. And, you know, the crazy thing is, if you look across the sports world now, the landscape, Willie, there's so many future Hall of Famers who are playing professional sports now, and it's headed up by baseball. There's so many good baseball players. we got mega stars like Bryce Harper and, you know, Joey Gallo in New York is getting it together. Chris Bryant certainly is a megastar, just got a big contract from the Rockies. And one of the younger guys is starting to slash pretty well. Maybe it was a change of manager with Joe Girardi, but it's working right now for the Phillies and Bryson Stott. Yeah, and I'm not sure. I don't want to sit here and I'd rather build up Bryson than bash on Girardi because what it is is consistency where Joe was probably doing what he could. You know, he was the Phillies incurred some some injuries and they had to they needed some middle infielders. So this was an opportunity. I think whether Girardi was there or not at this point, he he his hand would be forced, and Bryson is the guy. I mean, he was picked 14th overall in the draft. He was expected to be their their next up and coming. So he was due for a shot, a, a legitimate shot. He made the opening day roster. He was on it for a little bit. Went down to the uh, to the minors. Came right back up. So now in the month of June, among rookies who have played at least six games this month. Bryson ranks eighth with a 333 batting average. He ranks number one in the league among rookies with 11 RBI, and he's tied for first with four home runs. And it's that consistency at the plate. And once this kid gets his in his groove, and I think that you could say that with a lot of baseball players, but just knowing Bryson because of the dedication, the just this the way his mindset. Um, this is a kid who's worked very hard for wh- where he's at. We had a chance to talk to his high school coach after that opening weekend. Paul Buboltz came on with us. I mean, it's 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 just a great story in the making, and and I would just love to see him continue to stay there, prove himself by the time some of the injuries sort of subside and they have to make a decision and let Bryson force their hand because he belongs where he's at right now. Yeah, and let's also be fair to Bryson Stott. He was jumped a little quicker than I think people expected. D.D. Gregorius went down early. They needed some help. And he was make, basically making the jump from double-A. 
Yeah. You know? Well, and he had a rough go too. Remember, got drafted, went to uh, you know fall ball, and then the next year he flies out to Florida, and a week later the pandemic hit. Yeah. So he comes home and he's literally having to train in his backyard, yeah. doing some you know just swinging. Then he would occasionally go out to a field, and and I remember talking to him how he was doing it, where they were. They were having to take the balls. They were he was fielding the balls. They were they were they were social distancing on a local baseball field just so he could get his training in. People forget that with young young players, everyone lost a year of development. Yeah. And and high level competitive baseball. That's a killer. Right. So he's doing well. I'm glad to see it. He's doing real well. Uh, before we get to the NBA Finals, and we got Game 5 tonight, Friday's Game 4 was just outrageous. A lot of Steph Curry talk today. But we have uh, breaking news from the Raiders. They were in again this week for some OTAs. I think there was some media availability, uh, what, possibly tomorrow? Tomorrow was supposed to be the final availability, OTAs. We got a message in our media text. All tomorrow is going to be canceled. Hope you have a nice summer. Okay. Yeah, that was it. You happy about that? Short and sweet. Did you think anything significant was going to come out of no. tomorrow? Uh, no, I, hold on. I'm not done. Hold on. The only, the, okay. Go ahead and finish. Thing, I'm just basing it on no, but go ahead. The one thing that was going to come out of it for me tomorrow, outside <laughs> yep. of probably a nice little tan um, and squinting across the field, was a little extra freelance pay because mine is all enterprise ah, work. That's a killer. But I'll find a different way to make money because I'm a hustler. There you go. You will hustle. Um, what I was looking forward to, and I think we'll get into this in the second hour of the show, especially with veteran broadcaster and journalist and former ESPNer, Cindy Brunson will be on with us is the fact that you go out to these availabilities, you sit there and listen to the players, and maybe this is why I'm just not that good. I hear the players, and I don't hear anything that really sparks a whole lot of interest. There were some good discussions, but I hear Devontae Adams last week make a couple of simple statements about Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr some similarities between them. And then within or over the next three days, it turns into Devonte Adams says Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers are on the same level. I'm like, I sat in the room for the four minutes when he talked about it. I'm like, I didn't get any of that. Are those and, some of those sites that you love to, you just love to read? Well, though, <laughs> you, I'm trying to think of all the sites you send. What was the, what was the one that you said today? Like the, uh, I don't know. You said, you, I, I don't that one give was him, based on analytics. I don't but even want to give them the pops, one, but the, the, one the, that the, daily, about, the daily snark. The and, heavy, uh, the heavy. The spun. And I tell you all the time, like, they're okay, but basically they're, they're aggregators. And what right. happens is just like the old phone game, you know, where you could, you know, freaking, you start passing a message down. And right. by the time it gets, you know, repurposed sure. for the seventh time, right. Because it also, by the way, it all starts with a lot of the mainstream shows, right? I knew today, and we're going to hear about this later. I knew today, based on the fact that Kyrie Kill made a comment that Tua is accurate, as accurate as Patrick Mahomes. I knew that would be the kind of red meat that would light up, you know, first take and the other talking TV, uh, talking at TV shows. And then yeah. once you get that repurposed, yeah, like seven times over, then it gets to. You know, joesportsblog.com, and the quote gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. It's what exactly what happened with Devontae Adams when he talked about Carr and Rodgers. He never said they're on the same level. He said they have similarities. He never said Derek Carr was as good as Aaron Rodgers, but that's what we got from 
Wednesday when we heard it, Thursday, Thursday when we heard it mm-hmm. through the weekend, and I'm like, man, I didn't hear any of that, but I guess you know what? That's what we do now for clicks. But here's the thing, and I've said to you many times, whether it's the the talking at TV shows, right, on down to the people who repurpose things, you know, six levels down, mm-hmm. the headlines that the average person sees are simply Adam says car is as good as Rogers, and it was like he didn't say that. Because people generally won't won't go past headlines. No. Which, in a way, I guess you're appealing to the people who are like, hey, 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 you know, we got to go quick. I don't have a lot of time. I get my sports headlines, and then I talk to my friends about it. Um, it's well, just it's, ADHD it's, 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 a, it's a weird time, and I'm glad you said that. Yeah, the ADHD people that don't have time to read and don't want to read, so they read the headline. They may read the lead paragraph, but if not, or especially on Facebook. Facebook is, that's notorious. That's why I just can't deal with Facebook people, because they don't even read the story. They just share Share, 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 share. All right, and then I heard this. Yeah. What'd you hear? Yes. You heard a headline. You, <laughs> you read know. one You read one line, which is designed to suck you in, and then <laughs> when we come full circle, then you know we're out and about, and they're like, you guys did this. I'm like, I didn't do crap. I sat there and listened to Devontae Adams for four minutes talk about Carr and Rodgers, and not once did I think he said Carr was as good as Rodgers. You know he who actually, does it? He actually, even when he said they had similarities, when he was talking about them throwing the ball, he's like, Derek can zip it in there. And, and as he put it, I thought it was interesting. He said Aaron Rodgers can tighten up his core and float it to wherever you want, which is actually kind of different. But it was, you know, hey, they're the same level. It's not what he said. But now a lot of people are like, Hey, that's what he said. And you know, first couple of days of this week, <clears throat> Tyreek Hill says it'll it'll change to Tua is as good as Pat Mahomes. Like, my God, he didn't say that. You know who does that to me? Sunday morning breakfast with mom. But but that's you know that's a great sounding board, right? I, he- I heard that. I heard that. Yep, so I heard so that. I, heard, I go, yep. where'd you hear that from, mom? The VGK ladies page. Get off that page. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Dump button. Don't ever do that again. Okay. Not on this show. Okay. I think, I think I pushed back on the VGK ladies one time, and all of a sudden I was a raging sexist. Well, one time. No, but the reason I'm, like, okay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not you know my track record. No, no, no. But that's fine. Let me. Let me. Let me clarify. I'm not slamming that page. That's that, that's a fan page. That's fine. But my mom. What do you mean a fan page? Is giving keep me. Keep digging. Is giving keep digging. me. Like she's giving me a source, like as if, like yeah, yeah. she's asking me, hey, like yesterday we went for our breakfast, our weekly breakfast. Her and my stepdad, who's going to be the coach? I don't know. I, I, I my step, read. My stepdad listens to me. Goes, so they haven't hired a coach, right? I said, have you read that they hired a coach? I no. heard. No. Okay. Well, then they haven't hired a coach. Look at you and I chastising people at home around us. Yeah. The yeah. SO will get up in the morning, start looking through her scroll. She'll mention something to me, and I'm like, where'd you get that from? I, actually, I don't yell like that, but I'm like, just be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Because again, TeddySportsBlog.com, maybe not the most trustworthy. Know what I mean? So NBA Finals game number five. I'm looking forward to this. I am. Okay, one, I will say after game three where it was a freaking nightmare in terms of the way the Warriors responded down the stretch, the whining after the game about the Celtics fans, I did throw in on Friday before the game. I'm like, listen, I don't like what they're saying here. And it looks kind of weak, but maybe there's a method to the madness, and they're all getting themselves fired up by making the crowd the enemy. Well, they responded, and especially, please don't ever ask. Yeah, I think you're going to try it later on. Please don't ever ask what this series is going to do for Steph Curry's legacy. I honestly, I don't care if they win the title. It, it does, I mean, I suppose he could, the bottom could fall out. 
and he could average eight points a game and go four of 56 in the next two games, then maybe you ding him. Dude, he's, and I don't like Steph Curry. I think he's annoying. I think he's arrogant. The celebrating, the freaking turning his back after he shoots a three. Like, it's all entertaining. All right. Willie's rubbing his hands together. Quick yeah. timeout. I want to find out. He's now he's starting to flex. Uh-oh. He's jumping around. I'm in trouble. Now, back to Cofield and company. We played in front of rude people before. Dropping F-bombs with children in the crowd. Real classy. Good job. I don't know how the man feels or... Um, but um, obviously, people have feelings, and people's feelings get hurt, even if they're called a bad word. Um, I guess his feelings just got hurt. Things that make you go, hmm. Well, they got over it. We don't have to hear the whining, I guess, until game six. That was Clay Thompson, past and present. Right? Remember how uh, basically the Warriors were like, oh, they're being mean to us. And then Clay Thompson was super cocky back with LeBron and company. Willie Ramirez is here. It's Cofield, Cofield and company on a Monday. So you were rubbing your hands together uh, about the NBA we... finals, getting all pumped up, jumping around. What were you going to respond to? Well, you said earlier we were talking about those little sites. And you said after you whisper in 10 ears, if you tell this story, right. and the quotes get smaller and smaller and smaller. So you're, you're telling only a portion. I dug how you said, I think Willie's going to ask this later about Steph's legacy and how you shortened my send-over where, I, where the message was, okay, let's ask the obligatory question. Does Steph, I was be as obviously there were sarcastic tones, but you see how you you sort of you spun me, you heavied me, you shortened my my. my I do that. Yeah. I do that. <laughs> All right. So before you ask John about it, JVT in the middle of the show. Yeah. Do you really think the Absolutely rest of the way? Not. Well, then why do we keep asking it? I, I don't. That's why I put obligatory. I, mean, I, like, I, I don't mind of, going lowest common denominator, but it's, uh, it's if, silly, if people, but if it's, the average person at the water cooler yeah. is still, I mean, if you want to debate, you know. Does Steph need to win this to be a top five player in NBA history? Yeah, he probably does. My my take would be if he wins it, he's still not he's a top, still five not a top five player. player. I no. think he, as I said, uh, I don't know, at the beginning of the series, I think he may be, it's not I think, I think he is the greatest player, 6'3 and under. And then when you start to think of the other great players, uh, this has been a big boys league. This has been a league where 6'5 to 7'2 have been the dominant guys who've won all the titles. And it was also a league that used to play through the bigs. Now things have changed, and I think you always bring it up. Your legacy is not only how much you win, it's your impact on the game. Steph's impact on the game has been amazing. You bring up height. I'm curious. Do you think that the height, when you say that, the great players, the, the impact, the, the, in terms of being considered the goats of the you know of leading teams, do you think that that went from 6'9 from, from to 6'6 mm-hmm. as the transition from Magic to Michael to Kobe? Yeah, but there were also some great six, five, six, six players along the way. I mean, I, I, Oscar Robertson was probably closer to six four. Elgin Baylor was six five, so they're in there. So there were some great guys in the past who weren't, you know, six eight plus. When did you? I, I also, I, I think Dr. J, as yeah. a trans, as a transformative player, like adding the high flying element, yeah, is in that range at six 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 seven. Yeah, I think, and I, and I, there's that transitional period from you know when when the NBA went from the old old school to the David Stern era, where and and Bird and Magic keep getting the credit, but I I strongly believe that Dr. J be, uh, d- deserves a lot of credit. 
I mean, if, if if on a scale of one to ten, if you're giving Magic and and Bird tens, Doctor J probably deserves a nine, considering the fact that Bird had to get past him, and in those in that in that '82 team with Moses Malone. So I'm glad you brought Doctor J up. How many years in the ABA? We're also talking about a guy who spent his years 21 to 25, five of them in the ABA. So who knows, you know, what his legacy would be if he had played in the NBA. You know, the whole time in the NBA. And, you know, another another great thing about Dr. J, and I will never rip Dr. J except for this one, he was one of the guys a while ago who was getting on Kevin Durant and LeBron going to super teams. And Dr. J won when they added Moses Malone. So they formed a super team. And that, which is fine. When I heard Dr. J, I think it was last year, he's like, I, I'm not into the super team thing. And like, dude. You added you added a thirty and seventeen guy. Yeah, the best center in the NBA, maybe, maybe next to Kareem. Like, what do you mean you're not in the super teams? You guys developed a super team, and then the the crazy thing is with the Sixers, we we can say it. You know, had the Celtics not, you know, had Red Auerbach not been so freaking brilliant in building a team and fleecing stupid GMs or owners who didn't care, you know, to get Robert Parrish and get the pick for Larry Bird, the Sixers might have been the team, you know, for the first half of the '80s that dueled with. The Lakers, but right. back was better. And when you talk about super teams, everyone starts berating, right? The, this era, in in the fact that you know how they were trying to with LeBron leaving for Miami and then Golden State, and but you look at the Lakers, you look at the Celtics, you look at those, I mean, that's when teams were built. It, they may not have been through leaving specific teams, but Kareem opened his career with Milwaukee, so. Let's, super teams started a long time ago. There just wasn't a lot of social media. wasn't a lot of flash, pizzazz. We're on a bigger stage now. A lot of lot bigger spotlight. So Steph Curry goes for 43 on Friday. He goes 7 to 14 from three. Oh, by the way, at you know, 6'3 and you know, 114 pounds, he also grabs 10 rebounds. That's pretty good. He's been insane around the rim on offense and on defense, grabbing rebounds. I want you to listen to JJ Redick. This uh, this Stephen A. J.J. Redick thing is really growing on me. J.J. Uh, Redick started to lay it out today. He's like, listen, if they're going to keep playing Steph the same way, the Celts are in trouble, man. They, they got to do something. They got to change. If you were to build a game plan to stop or limit Steph Curry, you would basically do the opposite of what Boston has done. Now, maybe Ime Udoka and his staff feel like this is the best game plan to beat the Warriors and limit some of the other stuff that can happen in a game when you pay too much attention to Steph Curry. But let's be very clear. Their game plan is awful if your goal is to stop Steph Curry. I love that. It's confident. He'll start getting into the hardcore uh, part of it, and that is how to defend Steph when he's up top, and he gets the high pick. What are you supposed to do? Playing drop coverage against Steph Curry over and over and over again is asinine. They blitzed him a total of three times in four games in this series. When Steph Curry shoots against drop coverage, they're getting 1.42 points per possession. That's well, well above the best offense in the league. You saw these clips on the post splits. They've got the screener's man sitting back in the paint. If I was to develop a game plan, I would switch that. We're switching that at the point of the screen. We're up in pick and roll coverage. We're potentially mixing in some blitzes and some traps. So here's the decision at hand for Ime Odoka, right? It is let Steph get his within reason, right, and limit the other guys. Or you can force the other guys 
to go out there and make shots and beat you. What is the harm? What is the risk in changing the game plan? This is a, an obvious question to that. You open up a four on three on the backside. You're giving up layups. You're giving up back cuts. You're giving up uh, three pointers in the corner to Gary Payton or to Andrew Wiggins or to Clay Thompson or to Jordan Poole. You have to essentially pick your poison when you play against Steph Curry and the Warriors. And right now, they're choosing Steph Curry as the poison. What do you think? Seems like an insane game plan, especially coming off of 43 points. And he's been mostly you know, very good. You know, a couple of fourth quarters where he wasn't great, but he's been consistently good. Maybe it's time to change things up and let some of those other guys, you know, GP2 and maybe, what, an 80%? Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, maybe it's time to force them to make shots. Well, it's very easy, you know, to sit back. And, and who am I as a can't play a lick of basketball to question a former NBA player? But... um it's very easy to say, well, they should be doing this when you're not playing in the game. Well, you don't have to. J.J. Redick played in the game. He just told that's, you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So who am so, I to so question? So lean on him. So that's what, that's what I'm saying. Who am I to question someone? Bec- but the Celtics and the Warriors split their regular season series, each winning on each other's court, and they've split this series. So to go in and just start adjusting and changing things, I'm not so sure because... Boston's won one in, in San Francisco. They proved that what they're doing can work. They just have to – maybe they need to start getting – maybe they have to get uh, Brown and Tatum to perform in the same game and put big numbers up. If you got asked to play in the match with Devontae, would yeah. you do it, and who would you want to face? We would do it, and we'd win. I watched the match. There were some good shots. Yeah. There were some not-so-good ones. But I'm fully confident in me and Tay. You know, I had Hunter in there, make it a three-versus-three scramble. Would, would you take, take on Aaron? Uh, we'd play Aaron, absolutely. Okay. We would take Aaron. Aaron's really good, though. Aaron's, oh, good. Aaron's a good golfer. I say that in a competitive way. We would, we would love to. All right, let's match it up with a little U.S. Open music. Nice job by the Vast Sound crew there. Willie, Cofield, Damon hanging out here, Finley Toyota Studios. We're going to talk to Dave Koken, legend, gives no Fs. He's coming up in about 10 minutes, a little golf, a little baseball, some hockey as well as we get ready for the Stanley Cup Finals. That was Derek Carr, uh, ABC 30 in Fresno, talking some golf and a potential match with some of the Raiders and Packers and former Packers. Involved. Uh, I didn't get to clean up Friday's show. At the very end, we ran out of time, but Willie had tweeted something about a sport that he wants people to play. Why did you send out a plea to play wiffle ball? Make it quick. I miss it. So I miss I. it, and I'm tired of. I'm tired that I don't see little kids outside playing. Yep. What are they doing? Playing video games or on their smartphones? Let's play some wiffle ball. I would love to pitch to some kid under 12 who's not very active. You better get out of the way because I'm bringing it, and I will hit you real high, too. Not in the face. Okay. My competitive juices got flowing there, even 50-plus. You get some, uh, you know, little chubby kid. Come on, bro. So your, your whole pitch was was a kids these days pitch? It, it, was just, oh it was just a matter of – I can't remember what I saw. I saw something that triggered my thought of wiffle ball. Maybe it was a gif or something, and I was like, you know, you just don't see it anymore. You don't see kids outdoors. You don't see them outside. And I get we're in Las Vegas and it's hot, but it was hot back then too. The, th- the air and the ozone might have been different, but – 
you know, it. We were Kids out to, these days. You know who he's we, doing it. You know who. You, you know who we play wiffle ball with occasionally. I, I was telling you after the show last week in the apartments that I lived in down off Karen, uh, across from the country club, and they had these little grass areas. In there were there were six blocks, six hundred blocks, the hundreds, the two hundred, three in the middle of it, and there was this group of brothers, and it was the Beckwiths and the two youngest brothers. And the middle one was good friends with Greg Maddox. They went to junior high and they went to Valley High School together. Right. And me and the younger, the youngest Beckwith, we would run run around, we'd go to the skating rink, but we'd have wiffle ball games down in the 100s. Greg Maddox would, he'd be firing mean little curves. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Maddox and wiffle ball. Give Greg me a break. Come on. Wiffle- That's insane. We were young. I know. I'm oh, just saying. That's insane. He must have been. You just see him on the prodigy. You should see him on the on the eight foot courts when we play at the elementary schools or whatever. With the, you know, in the smaller rims, yeah, slamming all of us little guys. Yeah, yeah. but wiffle pro ball athletes are pretty good at everything. You find that out. I think that they should have yeah. before the uh, that 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 celebrity softball charity event that they have up at the ballpark with the Knights and the Raiders. They should have a kids wiffle ball game, like build a fence at the front of the infield. Yeah, right. not little league. With the, with the ball and or tee ball, wiffle ball. Can I pitch from forty feet? No, because you'd be out to hurt the kids. Mm-hmm. You'd be looking at the, the little these. These are lessons that you need to learn in life. And I, I want to hit a serious topic here. Uh, and I'm no doctor. I'm just based on my experience. I agree with Willie. Uh, kids should compete. Whether it's wiffle ball, you should be playing sports. I think it's a good way to learn how to get along with people. It's a good way how um, to win, learn how to win. More importantly, learn how to lose, right? Yeah. That's what competition does. Yeah. And, you know, there's pecking orders and clicks, and you're going to have to deal with that in real life. And, again, I'm not a doctor. Just an observation. I know you noticed, what, a, a tennis player who was talking about mental health, yeah. right? Yeah. And talking about the road to recovery. So what's the deal here? Yelena Dokic. She uh, recently posted on her Instagram. She's a former top-ranked Australian tennis player. Um Two thousand, she was uh, in the semis of the two thousand Wimbledon tournament. She opened about her struggle, opened up about her struggles with mental health. Retired in two thousand fourteen, but she on her Instagram she talked about her struggles and revealed she had suicidal thoughts in April. And in the post, she said that she almost jumped off her twenty sixth floor balcony oh and took her own life. She said she'll never forget that day. It was blurry, dark, no tone, no picture, nothing else. Tears, sadness, depression, anxiety, and pain. The last six months have been tough. Constant crying everywhere, from hiding in the bathroom when it worked to wipe away my tears so that nobody sees it, to the unstoppable crying at home within my four walls has been unbearable. Um, but now she's in therapy and she's she's working it out and she's she says that she uh, she wants to stop the suffering and she began to seek professional help and it saved her life. But it struck a chord because June is Men's Mental Health Awareness and. You know, I preach this, and you know, this is we're we're this is sports sports talk, and we're supposed to be having a good time. But sometimes we have to have these serious talks. And the bottom line is, you know, in 2018, right before the Stanley Cup started, I I, I put a Facebook post out there, and it was the very first time I had ever put this out there. That it was hard to imagine that three years prior to that, when there was no pro sports in this town. That I was having suicidal thoughts. Now it wasn't because of depression and sadness. It was there. There was a little bit of me that was a little disappointed because the way of the journalism world had kind of went wayward on me. And and I and I and I was like, oh, it looks like I've chosen my career, and I'll be a for a career freelancer for the rest of my life. I'm never going to get hired 
you know, after all the years of putting stuff in, but I had put my career aside to raise my son and I couldn't get it. And one person that I spoke to said, Willie, whatever you do, don't leave because, because I would say, well, maybe I'll leave town. Maybe I'll just leave. And he said, don't leave town. Pro sports is coming. And trust me, you're going to have a role in it some way, somehow. And little did he know that when I said leave or leave, left leave meant might have meant going because there yeah. was also a nice big insurance policy waiting for Jordan and it was suicide proof because I made sure it was. So I had said to myself, the gym that he built with his bare knuckles and through it through an SBA loan, he could have had. And uh but what what's really helped, Steve, is is just talking like this, casually talking about it, like is like Somebody saying, dang, I had a rough day at the book. Mm-hmm. Dang, I had a rough day. DeMond saying, dang, I had a rough day at the gym. Steve saying, I had a rough day at the sports book. Whatever it may be, sometimes I say I had a rough day with my mental health. Right. I woke up today. It's, a, it's like that phrase in Ocean's Eleven, Brad Pitt and Matt Damon. They're talking, saying he said something about uh, going against Andy Garcia's character. And he says, what are you, suicidal? And Brad Pitt looks away and he smiles. He goes, only in the morning. And I know that feeling. So, well, yeah, you, and you mentioned the 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 real hook here is June is men's ma- nothing right. against women. No, nothing. But against guys women. have a guys have a tough time talking about it. They feel weak. Yep, and you can't feel weak because it's okay to not be okay. We got the uh, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony coming up on Friday. We'll be out there with a live show. Ton of good charities that uh, they're going to be contributing to. Not only with the price of admission. By the way, it's sold out at the DLC Arena. It's sold out. So now it's time to go up to their silent auction page. We'll tweet this out in a matter of minutes uh, at ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, They've got a bunch of packages that you can bid on, a Sammy Hagar experience, staycations at Aquarius and Laughlin, Caesars, uh, Resorts World, Delano, um, and then sports experiences to go to the Pac-12 championship for football, the Pac-12 men's basketball tournament, the Mountain West Conference, Men's tournament. The link will go out here in a couple of minutes. This is a tremendous, tremendous charity, charities that they're going to be giving to. And the silent auction page, it's very easy. And, you know, there's a lot of times you can get something pretty freaking magical for a real nice price, and it's for a great cause. So uh, look for that link in just a couple of minutes. But, yeah, the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony coming up on Friday in Henderson. Now back to Cofield and Company. Wait a second. They're going to intentionally walk him. On one and two? Yep. Can you explain that to me? Left field. Pollock is back at the track and the wall, and that's up and out of here. My God. What a disaster. I'm not saying I'm rooting against Tony LaRusa, but I am. Um, that was, maybe, you know, maybe there was some baseball strategy. I don't understand. Dave Koken is with us, the man who gives no Fs. He loves baseball, loves betting, has made a lifetime out of it. Dave, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing just fine, and uh, I hope I haven't lost my when I'm Tony Lewis's age. What was going on? I don't know. <laughs> and then he defended it afterwards. <laughs> oh, he did? He uh, doubled you know. down on it? What'd he say? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't get it. it. Which is no. Um, You know, it was such a weird piece of strategy, yeah. if you want to call it that. Because, well, first of all, I mean, it's one and two. But what are you telling your pitcher? Well, I don't think you can get this guy out, even though it's one and two. You're ahead in the count. Well, that's that's going to go. 
yeah, that's going to go over well. Um, I, I just don't get it. I, it's kind of like, well, look, and, and it worked earlier this year because they won. But when Madden issued the intentional walk with the bases loaded, I, you're just sending such a negative message to your own guy. Yep. I don't. I don't think you can get this guy out. And to me, that's why you when you lose a clubhouse. And to be honest with you, I think Madden lost the Angels clubhouse, and I think Larusa has lost the White Sox clubhouse. The only reason he's still there is because he's buddies with Reinsdorf. Right. All right, let's talk about the opposite end of the spectrum, and that is a super young guy in Bryson Stott. What do you think the last couple of weeks? Well, he is just killing it. Um, he's got a great swing. I saw him in spring training. It's like, this guy looks like he might be a player. And uh, he's really delivered, which is great for the Phillies. I mean, their depth, when, when Segura gets back, they're going to have some interesting decisions to do as to who's playing how much. Uh, because Didi Gregorius is also playing well. Yep. Uh, and Segura's a good ball player. So Philly's not in bad shape right now. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to stay this hot uh, forever, but they're playing good ball right now, and they've got a good roster. Dave, since since the firing, they're 8-1. They're hitting 280, slugging 544. They've smacked 20 home runs in the nine games. Is it, I mean, obviously there's a change. What is it that's changed since he's left Aside from the offense being sparked, is it is it the change in the lineup? Is it a tweak? What what are you seeing? I I, I can't tell you because I'm not there. But they're, they're uh, we've heard there's better communication issues, um, and the team got hot, uh, which which you know they were underachieving. This is a good ball. It's not the Angels are a team that they have holes. Okay, the Phillies really don't. I mean, they're a team that should be. Legit contenders, and they just weren't playing up to par. Um, so it wasn't. I got on the Phillies immediately when they made the managerial change, and it, it's the best move I've made. <laughs> well, I did the same thing with the Canucks in the NHL, so I can't say it was that long ago. But I'll occasionally take a shot with a team when they make coaching change or managerial change, in hopes they get hot for a while. And it's kind of worked out with the Phillies. And I'm going to play. I I said when, when I started, and they won the first game. I'm going to play them every game till they lose two in a row. Not going to look at anything else. Just going to blind play them till they lose two straight. Now, that could be tonight if they lose because they finally lost the game yesterday. But that's the way I like to use that angle, and uh, it's working out well. I did not do it with the Angels, though, because it was a completely different situation, and they've just got holes they haven't fixed. Man, weekend baseball, the Giants did it again to the Dodgers. They yeah. got, I don't know, they got some edge on them, and now you got troubles with Walker Bueller, and I saw you tweeting about this the other day. Like, you saw this coming. I, I couldn't say what, but I, you know, I watch all these games, and somebody's just going to feel for something, and it's just, he just hasn't looked right this season to me. Um, he's been okay, but he hasn't, he hasn't gotten the swings and misses that he usually gets. He just, to me, he wasn't getting the usual movement. Uh, that he gets, and I, I could—I I don't know why—but it turned out that apparently now we do know why he's got an elbow problem, and you know, six to eight weeks, and mm. who knows whether he'll be back at that point. Yep. And now all of a sudden, you look at the rotation—you know, already down Bauer, oh, yeah. now Bueller, now you've got Kershaw, and who knows if Clayton Kershaw can stay the stay healthy the entire six to eight weeks that 
Bueller is down. Uh, Urias has been pretty good. Gonsolin's been outstanding. Tyler yes. Anderson's been solid. But I mean, they're gonna they got to piece something together here. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely not looking like a runaway in the NL West now because the Giants no. are still hanging around, and you know Padres got a good team. Yep. Uh, so. It's going to be a really good race this summer in that division. And uh, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I want to see good races. Dodgers have uh, going back to the end of May. I think they're uh, just 4-9 and nine in their last 13. Yeah. You know, one of the teams, and I bet them again today because uh, – Alcantara, Alcantara is on the mound, but it's such a risky bet with the Marlins because their offense is so friggin' up and down. Their pitching is is very good, but I know you pointed out that they might have a middle infield star in uh, oh. Jazz Chisholm. Yeah, I know they had a players-only meeting uh, because maybe they want to settle him down a little bit. And my, you know, I I have no idea what what's taking place there, but I love I love the guy's enthusiasm, and he's got. He's got tremendous talent. I mean, this guy's going to be a 30-30 guy. He might be a 30-30 guy this year. If not this year, it's going to be soon. Tremendous young talent. Dave Koken's with us. Wagertalk.com. His stuff is up on wagertalk.com. Uh, last point on baseball for now. I saw you tweet out something about Hunter Green ought to request a trade uh, right now. They, the Reds have actually been better since the 3-22 and 22 start. They're not great, but they're 18-17. and 17, But, my God, Hunter Green has had some tough outings, but he's also had some games where he's been brilliant and gotten very little out of it. Yeah, and then the bullpen blew the game against the Cardinals. Yep. And now Tyler Stevenson's out. who's He's really their best player. Uh, I think you could see another big slump coming mm. with this team. Uh, you know, they're going nowhere. I think it's not exactly a secret. Probably Castillo's going to be gone uh, before the summer's out. So it's tough being a red these days. Dave, uh, Stanley Cup final set. Tampa Bay versus Colorado. Speed versus speed. Avs minus 170. Who do you like? Well, nobody has as much speed as the Avalanche. Uh, they're, they're by far the fastest team in the league. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, this Lightning team knows how to win. And they might have an edging. They do have an edging goal with Vasilevsky. Um, I, I wouldn't bet against them. But on the other hand, I've said all year, Colorado's clearly the best team in the league and the only team that's going to beat Colorado is Colorado, and I'll, I'll kind of stand by that. So, I, you know, the nice thing about uh, sports betting is you're not forced to bet stuff that you don't have a good idea on. Yep. And I, I, as of now, I've got no bet, and I, I might not have any more. Yeah, you mentioned Vass. He, uh, since going down 2-0 in the Eastern Conference Final, allowed five goals in four games, 1.25 goals against average. 9.55 save percentage. Now, if you go back to the Maple Leaf series, since the Maple Leafs took a 3-2 lead, He's 10-2, and two. and I saw a tweet where somebody was a little disgruntled saying the Leafs and the Lightning should have been the Eastern Conference Final. Please, NHL, go back to the 1-8 to eight format rather than the current format. Your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't care. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I just don't. I, I, I get asked this stuff all the time, and I, I don't care. My, my thing is I'm going to try and figure out the games that are in front of me, and that's it. Uh, somebody's going to play. Somebody's going to be unhappy. I don't care. <laughs> uh, just let me let me know who's playing. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. It's <laughs> kind of like who's going to win the Super Bowl. Don't know. Don't care. I'll let you know who I think is going to win the Super Bowl once I know who's in it. Dave Cokins with us on Cofield and Company. Uh, did you have a play in the Canadian? And now we got the U.S. Open on the way. And uh, I saw you. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Rory got a little shot out there. Greg Norman. Yeah.
That was not by accident. Um, uh, no love lost between some of the guys who are staying on the PGA Tour and uh, the ones who have gone to the other side. And Norman basically is the one who spearheaded this new league. Uh, so I thought those comments were great. I made two bets, two outrights at the Canadian. One of them never played. Money back of the, that one, and JT posted at like 120 to 1, didn't make the cut. So uh, haven't done anything yet with the U.S. Open. But uh, it'll probably be one of the superstars. Um, and it, it, it should be a great tournament. And I think these guys are really motivated right now. Uh, the ones who are staying to give the fans as much as they can give them. Uh, and, and by the way, Tiger Woods turning down, reportedly turning down a half a billion yep. dollars to join the uh, fledgling tour. Okay, Tiger, way to go. Dave, I know you. I don't think you play any golf anymore, right? No, I, I can't see what I'm doing. So when you, yeah, the, the site, and, oh, and, true. and oh, I, I know, I know. I'm not laughing at you. Um, and and the back. I remember you. You locked up uh, years ago one time. Yeah, my back's from, fine now. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I, Got the stretching I, I, down. Jim Feist, years a few years ago, gave me. Uh, he sent me something. I don't remember what it was, but it was an outline of of uh, calisthenics to do in the morning, and. To stretch your back muscles and it works. That's good. Yeah. Glad to hear that. Um, old golf courses around the valley. I saw you reacted to a picture of the dunes. Yes. Yeah, I, I used to play there. Um, it was a good course. I didn't like it that much because I didn't play well there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like Desert Inn. Loved Desert Inn because I did play well there and I thought it was a nicer course. Why? Why did uh, you play well there? What's that? Why did you play well there? I don't know. Just yeah. a fluke. Random. It's kind of like the old showboat, which has become Wild Horse. Uh, <laughs> the showboat was a course I, I could play pretty well on. Yep. I, I have no idea. It's Badlands is the worst course, for me, the yeah. worst course I've ever played on. It's kind of like I, I should have gone there and done some kind of a dance when they closed it down. <laughs> uh, I hated that golf. Yeah. I hated it. A lot of carry. A lot of carry. Oh, oh, when the wind was blowing, yeah. forget about it. I mean, if, if you were real good, okay, but I, I wasn't at that level. Yeah. And I just had a terror. I don't, I don't think I ever played a good a good round of that course. And so, it was like, you know, the thing is with golf, um, if you're beaten psychologically before the round starts, you get no shot. Yeah, I got no shot. I'm beat psychologically going in every time I play golf. Um, Dave tweets out, and he's talking, you know, on all the shows we did together, podcast, he always talks food. He's a big foodie. Um, I did not know that you were down with Italian ice. Oh, yeah. Love Italian ice. Uh, and there's a, uh, I'm not going to mention their names unless they want to give me an endorsement fee. But uh, there's a couple of spots in town that have Italian ice that, and they deliver. And uh, it's, I just love it. And in the summertime, what's more refreshing? Ooh. Nice Italian ice from the old San Gennaro feast would go down good. Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite flavor? Um, I do like the standard lemon, uh, <laughs> but I found black cherry. Hello. Oh, is that good? <laughs> That's oh. awesome. And and uh, I you know I, I don't know how widespread Italian ice is out here, but it's definitely a northeast thing. So oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, especially in Rhode Island, believe me. Dave, we appreciate it. You have a good week. Win lots of money, and I hope you get some uh, good bets down on the U.S. Open. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Take there care. He is. The legendary Dave Koken gives no f's. Italian ice, one of my favorites. Little known fact, my father actually, because the economy was so bad, late 70s, early 80s, my father actually drove a little Jimmy truck that sold Italian ice 
Good boy. So we got a lot of free Italian ice. It was good times.